Good morning, and peace be with you. We're going to, instead of have uh, regular uh, announcements, um, I gave Susan the day off for that, and I'm going to read you something that uh, uh, touched me. Um, It may sound familiar to many of you who are familiar with Paul Harvey. He had a poem that was, and so God made a farmer. Have you heard that one before? Well, this is another uh, one that was inspired by Paul Harvey, written about a mother, so God made a mother. So bear with me. At the dawn of time, God needed someone he could trust to love his precious children. And so, God made a mother. God said, life will often be harsh. I need someone with a gentle touch, someone who can brush a tear from a downy cheek of a newborn and gauge a child's temperature without the aid of a thermometer. I need someone who has a special knack for soothing, who can kiss away pain and soften blows. Someone who will hold her family, her children, someone who will hold her child's hand firmly until she has to release it tearfully on the first day of school. And so, God made a mother. I need someone who will care enough to gather daffodils and put them in a vase so everyone in the house can enjoy the first blooms of spring. Someone who will care enough to rummage through the mismatched sock pile in hopes of finding a match. (laughs) I heard that. Someone who will make birthdays extra special sing silly songs with her toddlers in the car, and who actually wants to go on a school field trip to the insect museum just to be close to her child. God thought, I need someone who will play Christmas carols on the piano, someone who will decorate gingerbread houses with the kids and wrap gifts and deck the halls for Christmas For nothing in all my creation will be able to make Christmas as special as a mother will. And so, God made a mother. I will make someone who can gather a chaotic, busy family around the dinner table for chicken soup, cornbread, and sharing life together. Someone who will organize play dates, piano lessons, and the pantry. I need someone who can find the lost football cleat, dad's keys, the bun bun, her little girl's favorite stuffed bunny. I need someone who can unload the dishwasher, pack the lunches, call out spelling words, and make coffee while bouncing a baby on her hip. Someone 
who will carry an amazing array of toys, snacks, and essentials in her heavy purse and never complain. I need someone to help with endless school projects, organize the football banquet, and say, I am so proud of you, even when her child fails. It must be someone who is willing to keep going even when she thinks that she has no strength left. Someone who will strive to love her kids and to love their father even more. I need someone who's willing to work the second shift or take second best or play second fiddle so that her family will have it better than she did. And so, God made a mother. Thank you, Lord, for, fa- or for mothers and fathers. Happy Mother's Day. if you're able. We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, 
that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Oh God, the giver of all that is good, by your holy inspiration grant that we may think those things that are right and by your merciful guiding accomplish them through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. And happy Mother's Day to all the moms and grandmas and aunts and sisters and everybody that's out there. We couldn't have done it without you. So the first reading today is from the book of Acts, chapter 17, verses 16 through 31. You can find this on page one, or 1723 in the Pew Bible. This is Luke's chronicle of Paul's second missionary journey. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with both Jews and God-fearing Greeks, as well as in the marketplace day by day with those who happened to be there. A group of Epicurean and Stoic philosophers began to debate with him. Some of them asked, what is this babbler trying to say? Others remarked, he seems to be advocating foreign gods. They said this because God was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. Then they took him and brought him to a meeting of the, at the, of the Areopagus, where they said to him, may we know what this new teaching is that you're presenting. You are bringing in some strange ideas to our ears and we would like to know what they mean. All the Athenians and foreigners who lived there spent their time doing nothing but talking about and listening to the latest ideas, which sounds an awful lot like our politicians today. Paul then stood up in the meeting of the Areopagus and said, people of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I found even an altar with this inscription to an unknown God. So you're ignorant of the very thing you worship and that is what I'm going to proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that we would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Therefore, since we are God's offspring, we should not think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image made by human design and skill. 
In the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. We will now read Psalm 66 responsibly, as printed in your bulletin on page 6. Poem, oh yeah, Psalm 66, 8 through 20. Praise our God, all the peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard. He has preserved our lives and kept our feet from slipping. For you, God, has tested us. You refined us like silver. You brought us into prison and laid burdens on our backs. I will come to your temple with burnt offerings and fulfill my vows to you. I will sacrifice fat animals to you and an offering of rams. I will offer bulls and goats. Come and hear all of Let me tell you what he has done for me. I cried out to him with my mouth. His praise was on my tongue. If I had shared sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God, but God has surely listened and heard my prayer. The next reading is taken from the first book of Peter, chapter 3, verses 13 through 21. It can be found on your pew Bibles on page 1890. And Peter's trying to tell us how to conduct ourselves. So first Peter 3, 13 through 22. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to, eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better, if it is God's will, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. And after being made alive, he went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits, those who were disobedient long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. In it, only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience toward God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
Gospel according to St. John from the 14th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our gospel this morning comes from St. John chapter 14, verses 15 through 21, and can be found on page 1676 in your pew Bible. John records, If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you, and before long the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me, because I live, you also will live. And on that day you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus, amen. This is the sixth Sunday of Easter. Today's gospel follows right after last week's gospel. Jesus and his disciples are still in the upper room, and in a few hours they will leave the upper room and they will go to Gethsemane. And there, soldiers will arrest Jesus, and within the next 24 hours, Jesus will suffer, he will die, and he will be buried in a borrowed tomb. In the meantime, Jesus taught. Five chapters of the Gospel of John, well, they deal with the teachings that began in the upper room and continued until the soldiers arrested Jesus. Jesus knew that the events of the next few days would change everything forever. And although the disciples did not understand at the time, the Holy Spirit would bring these words back to their memories later. The Holy Spirit 
would use these words to prepare the disciples for the life, the life that they would lead after Jesus rose from the dead. So even though his next 24 hours held intense suffering and death, Jesus was already looking past those events. And today's gospel tells us that he taught about his ascension, he taught about the Holy Spirit's presence with his church, and the life that the disciples would leave down through the centuries. And he also spoke of the world's rejection of both he and the Holy Spirit. Jesus knew, he absolutely knew, what awaited for him in Gethsemane. Jesus knew, he absolutely knew, that the disciples could not get through the next few days alone. He knew that the despair that drove Judas to hang himself would attack them all. And Jesus knew that although they did not understand at the time that they needed to hear that they were not alone, Jesus told them about another helper when he said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of Truth. Now, a little Greek lesson. The word helper, while it is accurate as a translation as far as it goes, it does not do justice to the original Greek. The Greek word is paraclete. Not parakeet, but paraclete. Now that I said that, you watch. Paraclete, and could just as easily be translated as, as we heard in our uh, scripture this morning, could be translated as advocate, intercessor, or comforter. A paraclete is a helper who helps the helpless. A helper who is called to be with us. And Jesus said that he would ask the Father to call his paraclete to, and send him to us. But this is, is, it's not the first paraclete that God the Father has sent. Jesus said that this is another paraclete. Jesus himself is the first paraclete that the Father sent. He is the paraclete who came to save us from our sins by becoming a servant, a servant who sacrificed himself on a cross. And Jesus knew that he had to do this work alone and would not be with his disciples during his suffering and death. And as Jesus was about to fulfill his calling as the first paraclete, he asked the Father to send another to watch over his disciples. Jesus called this other paraclete the Spirit of Truth. 
That is another name for the Holy Spirit. And here we learn that the Holy Spirit watches over and guards disciples. And not just those disciples way back then, but he continues to watch over Jesus' disciples even today. Jesus did not say this. He said, he did not say, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you for a little while. He didn't say that. He said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. The Holy Spirit, the eternal paraclete, is with us even today, right here, as we gather in this place and as we go about our business in the world. He is with us. Now, not everybody is excited about this paraclete. Jesus said, the world cannot receive the spirit of truth because it neither sees him nor knows him. And by nature, by nature, all people are born into this world as heathens. Even before we are born, we are all enemies of God. We truly have no desire to know God. And as long as we are part of the sinful world, we neither hear nor see this paraclete. It is as if he does not even exist at all. Jesus' disciples are the exact opposite of the world. For Jesus said, You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And it's here that we learn that the eternal paraclete is with us and is in us. He is ever with us to help, to guide, teach, and to bless us. So what is the difference? What is different about Christ's disciples? Even though we are now Christ's disciples, we were born as disciples of the world and could not receive the spirit of truth. So how did we change? What happened to us? How is it that the other paraclete now dwells with us and in us. I'm glad you asked. The disciples in today's gospel, well, they heard the word of God from the very mouth of God, the mouth of Jesus Christ. And he is the one who planted the Holy Spirit in their hearts. And the Holy Spirit used the Word of God from the mouth of Jesus to bring them to faith. And their contact with the Holy Spirit came through Jesus in his visible presence. Now, our contact with the Holy Spirit also comes through Jesus as he comes to us in word and in sacrament. The Holy Spirit continues to use the Word of God as we hear it and as God combines it with the water of baptism and the bread and the wine of the Lord's 
Supper. He comes to us. So we see that God the Holy Spirit uses the Word of God to plant faith. And that is a faith that trusts in the Word made flesh. That is the person of Jesus Christ. So, we see that God the Son and God the Holy Spirit always work together. And Paul wrote to the Christians in Rome, in Rome, in Romans 10, 17, he said, Faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. So we can see that these two paracletes work together in the life of Christ. The Son of God became human as he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Matthew 3.16 says, When Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. The Holy Spirit even brought Simeon and Anna to the infant Jesus in the temple. The first paraclete, Jesus Christ himself. Well, we know that he purchased and he won us from sin, death, and the power of the devil with his holy precious blood and his innocent suffering and death. And he gives us the promise of life forever in heaven with his resurrection from the dead. The other paraclete, the Holy Spirit, offers this forgiveness, this life and salvation to us through the gospel. And it is in this other paraclete who gives us the faith that believes and receives the gifts that the first paraclete won for us. Our faith is a gift, as Paul says, so that no one can boast. It's a gift. And as these two paracletes work together, they, well, they transform us from disciples of the world to disciples of Jesus Christ. And when the disciples of the world saw Jesus die on the cross, boy, were they happy. They celebrated. They said such things as they thought, hey, that's the end of that troublemaker. And they saw him no more. We who believe in Jesus Christ, well, we know better. As Jesus said in today's gospel, yet in a little while, the world will see me no more, but you will see me. The world can no longer see Jesus, for it is spiritually blind. We who have the other paraclete, the Holy Spirit, well, we know the real presence of Jesus, not only in the sacraments, but also in the rest, in the rest of his divine service, as well as in our day-to-day lives. We are not spiritual orphans, but Jesus is always with us. So today's gospel tells us, tells us of the blessings that we receive from the other, the other paraclete, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit offers to us the blessings that Jesus bought for us with his suffering and his death 
and the resurrection. The Holy Spirit offers forgiveness. It offers life. He offers salvation to us through a faith in Jesus Christ. And through this faith, well, through this faith, God adopts us into his family, that we become brothers and sisters of Christ and children of our Heavenly Father. God is with us. God is with us in this life, and we know that after this life is over, he will take us to be with him in heaven forever. In the name of Jesus, amen.
please stand if you're able. Let us now confess our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed found on page 3 of your bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried, and was sent into hell. And on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people in, according, in accordance to their needs. O Lord, you bless and protect your people in a world where many false gods, known and unknown, are worshipped. Give your saints a clear and bold proclamation of Jesus Christ. Lord, in your mercy... Heavenly Father, your Son suffered on our behalf to win salvation for us. Grant that we may have the privilege not only of believing in him, but also of suffering for his sake. Lord, in your mercy. Lord of heaven and earth, you have given the spirit of truth to dwell in us through the holy baptism. Grant your spirit's steadfast guidance that the feet of this congregation and its catechumens may not slip into sin and unbelief, but live always in praise of you before the world. Lord, in your mercy, Creator, you made from one man all the nations of the earth, and still you sustain us. Grant good leaders in every land who will seek peace and serve justice. Frustrate the causes of evil, violence, and oppression. Lord, in your mercy. Father in heaven, you have given us a mirror of your love in the vocation of mothers who, who nurture and guide and raise their children in all things good. Bless them in their calling. Sustain them through weary and difficult times. Remember in compassion all who are barren and bring them comfort through the children of your church. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, you promise not to abandon us in our need nor leave us as orphans. Send forth your spirit and work through us, your people, that the lonely, the poor, the homeless, and the travelers may rejoice in your presence and the power of your love. Lord, in your mercy, and grant healing to your will and according to your will, and sustain in faith those for whom we pray, 
those who are on our hearts, and those who we speak out loud right now. Lord, in your mercy, we give you thanks for the salvation and life that you give us through Jesus Christ. You do not leave your people as orphans, but strengthen the penitent with the body and blood of your Son. Help us to receive what you offer here for our good. That is, this holy communion may strengthen our faith and equip us for your service. Lord, in your mercy, and all these things, and whatever else you know that we need, grant us, Father, for the sake of him who died and rose again and now lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now, may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. Will you pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and ever-living God. But chiefly, we are bound to praise you for the glorious resurrection of our Lord, for he is the true Passover lamb who gave himself to take away our sin, who by his death has destroyed death, and by his rising has brought us to eternal life. And so, with Mary Magdalene and Peter and the witnesses of the resurrection with earth and sea and all their creatures and with angels and archangels, cherubim and seraphim, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray the prayer together that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. Jesus promised, this is my body, this is my blood. Jesus promised that he would sell, send the paraclete, and he does. He comes to us in word and sacrament. If your confession is that Jesus is your Lord, your Savior, and that you come to faith through grace that you, from hearing the word, then come. The table is prepared. The ushers will bring you forward. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>